Shalom, this is Avigal Rock. Welcome to TanakhStudy.com. We had given the background to the brachot that Yaakov is about to give the, his grandchildren, Ephraim and Menashe, and we had proved, I think in a very compelling way, based on Rav Samet, the story that is described here of Ephraim and Menashe receiving the brachot from their grandfather seemingly takes place when Yaakov is elderly on his deathbed at age 147, actually took place the very first time Yaakov had met his grandchildren. But for certain reasons, which we will figure out today, was inserted in this story of Yaakov in his on his deathbed. So our unit yesterday had begun with Yosef coming to visit his father, who is his dying father, with Ephraim and Menashe. Ephraim and Menashe are adults when they come to visit Yaakov, they are in their mid-twenties, and after the initial description of Ephraim and Menashe visiting their grandfather on his deathbed and receiving a status as equal to that of one of the tribes, Ephraim and Menashe, Kiruven, Bishivon, Yihiyuli, after that, the story goes back to describe an event that had taken place 17 years ago, the first time Yaakov had met his grandsons Ephraim and Menashe. And so now we continue our story when Yaakov is about to bless Ephraim and Menashe, who are young children, maybe ages six or seven. So let's begin with the brachot now. Verse 15. He blesses Yosef and he said, The God before whom my fathers Avraham and Yitzchak had walked, the God who had been my shepherd my entire life until this very day, He blessed Yosef. Now we know he's blessing Ephraim and Menashe. So why does he say that he blessed Yosef? Blessing of Ephraim and Menashe is a blessing to Yosef. Something that could give Yosef more pleasure in Nachat Ruach than seeing his father blessing his children, Ephraim and Menashe. He says, the God who had protected me my entire life. How did the God protect me? Through the angel. We have the angels, maybe the angels of, of the vision of the ladder. When in Parashat Vayetzeh, may God who had protected me through his Malach bless these young men, these Ne'arim, and may not my name, and may they be called in my name, in the name of my fathers, Abraham v'Yitzchak v'Yitzgulavov b'Kerevaret. This is a, may they be blessed in my name, and my name is my fathers. This is a beautiful bracha. This is a bracha that is saying that I am including these sons in the family. They are part of the extended family. They are officially recognized as part of the family. This is a very important statement to make at that first meeting. Because at that first meeting, there might be some doubt that these two Egyptian princes, these two sons of the daughter of the priest of On, they have, what do they have to do with the household of Yaakov? And there should be no doubt, but Yerayim and Menashe are part of that extended family. They're part of the household of Raham v'Yitzchak. They too will contribute to the family of Am Yisrael. Yaakov is concerned with the upbringing of Ephraim and Menashe, who've been raised in Egypt. Yaakov, by blessing them, is not only in making a statement that they, are, they have not been rejected and they are part of the family, but the contents of the blessing that he gives them is important. He does not bless them with wealth. He does not bless them with fertile land or with success, like we've seen with, with some of the other Shvatim. 
It is because Yaakov is concerned about the Jewishness of Ephraim and Menashe, therefore he chooses to bless them, and to bless them specifically with a bracha of Jewish identity. The names of that Ephraim and Menashe carry are names that describe Yosef's desire to be cut away from his family, Yosef's desire to build himself his new life in Egypt. Menashe is forgetfulness. It is a desire to forget the father's household. The meaning Yosef gives to the name Ephraim. I've become fruitful in my new land. Both of these names are assimilated names. They're names that try to cut away from the household of Yaakov. The bracha that Yaakov gives Ephraim and Menashe is maybe they be, may they be restored to the household of Yaakov and the names of Abraham and Yitzchak the Yaakov should become their identity. Verse 17 Yosef had seen that his father Yaakov has put his right hand on the head of Ephraim, the younger one, and it was bad in his eyes. And he had supported his father's hand in order to put it on the, the right hand on the head of Menashe. Yosef tells his father, no, this one is the Bechor. Put your hand on, put your right hand on his head. And his father refused. I know this one, Menashe, is going to be great. However, his brother, Ephraim, is going to be even greater. And this whole situation here very much reminds us of a different case. And that is the story of Yaakov coming to steal the bracha from his father. The father is blind. And remember, I told you at the beginning of the class, we're going to discuss the blindness of Yaakov here. I believe the reason we're told that Yaakov is blind because this entire scene that's taking place here, the scene of a blind father who is about to bless two of his grandchildren and one of the grandchildren should be getting the prime bracha. This scene is identical to the situation that Yaakov was many years ago. And I think the message here is a message to the reader, but more so to Yaakov. It is at this moment, right over here, that the reader, and perhaps Yaakov as well, realizes that he, Yaakov, made a mistake by deceiving his father Yitzchak. Just like Yaakov, who's now about to bless two of his descendants, Ephraim and Menashe, it is revealed to him by Ruach HaKodesh that Ephraim, the younger one, should be getting the primary bracha as opposed to Menashe. Likewise, God would have made sure that Yitzchak, who is also blind, will bless the right one and that the ends does not justify the means. In this story, we have the exact a repeat of the exact same setting that took place and the the beauty of the story here of Ephraim and Menashe is that we have Ephraim and Menashe where Menashe is stepped over and his younger brother receives the bracha. Now, true, they are young at this time, so we, there's not that much jealousy for a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. But nonetheless, the reader senses that they accept this, that Menashe accepts. And this is a tikkun, this is a very nice way to end the stories of Sefer Bereshit with the story of Ephraim and Menashe. Because from the very beginning of Sefer Bereshit, we, we have jealousy between siblings, whether it's Cain and Hevel, whether it's Yitzchak and Ishmael, Esav and Yaakov, Yosef and his brothers. And here we have a, a certain acceptance that this is how it's going to be and this is how it should be. And the Ephraim and Menashe accept that. Verse 20, 
ויברכם ביום ההוא לאמור, בך יברך ישראל לאמור, ישמחה אלוהים כאפרים וכי מנשה, וישם את אפרים לפני מנשה. And he blessed them, Yaakov blessed them on that day to say, Yisrael will bless with you by saying, may God make you like Ephraim and Menashe. And he put Menashe in front of Ephraim. Now this verse is very uh, strange because it seems like there's two brachot. There's a bracha in verse 15, Yosef, he blesses Yosef, and the blessing appears, verse 16, What is the blessing? That God who had sent an angel to protect me should bless these ne'arim. That was the blessing. And at the end of the story, we have Another blessing. He blessed them on that day to say, in, With you, Israel will bless, and they will say, May God make you like Ephraim and Menashe. I think the answer is the second blessing is not a formal blessing. Ephraim and Menashe are not blessed with anything. Rather, they are told, Am Israel will bless, mentioning Ephraim and Menashe as a paradigm. Yosef had just been upset by the fact that Menashe did not receive the Bechorah, and Yosef might interpret that as a rejection. And therefore, this is not the, the bracha that, he was, that, he, that he's giving them. The, the main bracha that Yaakov gave Ephraim and Menashe, that's the bracha of they should multiply, they should be blessed. That's the, the main bracha is the bracha in verse 16. The Malacha Goeloti. The Bracha in verse 20, and he blessed them on that day, is not the main Bracha. It is addressing Yosef's concerns regarding Menashe, who was concerned that Menashe might have been rejected. He says, Yosef, don't worry. Don't think that Menashe is, is rejected. Don't think just because Ephraim is the Bechor, that means that Menashe is rejected. As a matter of fact, when Am, when Am Yisrael are going to bless their sons, what are they going to say? They're going to say, may you be like Ephraim and Menashe. And it's a beautiful bracha because it's one of these brachot that were fulfilled. Was every single one of Yaakov's brachot fulfilled? We don't know. Some of them were fulfilled, some of them weren't. This bracha is a bracha that is fulfilled until this very day. Every on Friday nights, we bless the children with the bracha Yisimcha Elohim Kefraim Vechim Menasheh. And on Erev Yom Kippur, one of the most moving moments of Erev Yom Kippur is when a father and mother bless their children Yisimcha Elohim Kefraim Vechim Menasheh. We use the same words that Yaakov used over 3,500 years ago. And the blessing that he said, Am Yisrael are going to bless. Bless its children by saying, May you be like Ephraim and Menashe. And indeed, Am Yisrael bless. Now, when we, when we, the truth of the matter is, and this is just a side point, when we bless daughters, we don't really need to make a different bracha for daughters, because it says, B'chai Yivarech Yisrael. When, when Am Yisrael bless, they say, May you be like Ephraim and Menashe. You don't need a separate bracha for daughters. This is befitting for sons and daughters. However, it developed, a custom that had developed was to the daughters to say, the truth is, is something a little bit odd about that bracha, because there is a pasuk, there is a source to say to someone, may you be like Ephraim and Menashe. It is, a, it is the bracha of Yaakov. Yaakov said, Am Yisrael will bless 
by saying, may you be like Ephraim Menashe. There's no pasuk that says, Am Yisrael will bless the daughters by saying, may you be like Sarah Rivka Rachel It does make sense, in my opinion, to say, to bless both sons and daughters with the bracha, may God make you like Ephraim Menashe. However, I heard a nice idea from Rav Hankin that maybe a good alternative for daughters is to use a text of a bracha that does exist in Tanakh. There is no such bracha that says, may you be like Sarah Rivka Rachel but there is another bracha that's given to a woman, and that is to root in Megillat's root, when the people of the city bless Boaz and Ruth, and they say, Yiten Hashem et ha'isha ha'baal beitecha kerachelu chelea asher banush tehenet beit Yisrael. May God make this woman who is coming to your house like Rachelu Lea, who had both built the household of Am Yisrael. So that is more befitting because at least it's a bracha that exists in Tanakh, as opposed to Yisimech Elohim that does not exist. That was just a, a short side point. We still have to address a question as to why is this uh, bracha, what is this bracha doing here? What I started saying earlier, Yosef is concerned. Yosef feels that maybe Menashe has been rejected as done with all previous generations. And what does Yaakov tell him? Yosef, don't worry. They are, they are both blessed. Menashe is not rejected. When Amisro will bless in the future, they're going to mention both of them. And maybe there's another way of understanding this pasuk. When it says, Up until now, what does the name Yisrael mean? When we say, Whenever we said Yisrael, up until now, it always meant Yaakov. Maybe this is not Am Yisrael. Maybe it is Yaakov talking about himself. Maybe what Yaakov is saying is not when Am Yisrael in the future bless their children, they're going to bless them in the name of, may, may they say, may you be like Ephraim and Menashe. But maybe it is Yaakov who's saying, Bechai Varech Yisrael. When I give other people brachot, and we know that Yaakov gives other people brachot. Yaakov gave a brachot to Paro. Yaakov is about to give another, several other brachot to his sons. Yaakov says, when I give other people brachot, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say, may you be like my Ephraim and Menashe. If that is the case, it is a beautiful pasuk. Because Yaakov, Yosef might feel uncomfortable about his half-Egyptian sons. He might feel that the Zaidi isn't so proud of them. And what does Yaakov say? I am so proud of Ephraim and Menashe that when I bless my when I bless other people, I'm going to say, Halavai, I wish that you should be like my two grandchildren, Ephraim and Menashe. So, is not the main bracha. It is just coming to address Yosef's concern that maybe Menashe is rejected. They will both... Both like, like Ephraim and Menashe. However, nonetheless, Ephraim is put ahead. So this is where the flashback ends. This episode of Yaakov seeing his grandsons for the very first time, Yaakov blessing his grandsons, Yaakov putting Ephraim ahead of Menashe, all took place 17 years ago. And now's the time to address the question, why was this flashback from 17 years ago describing Ephraim and Menashe as young children meeting their grandfather Yaakov for the first time inserted in the middle of the story of Yaakov on his deathbed? I'd like to add, before we answer the question, just one other very interesting point, and that is Rembrandt, who had painted many biblical 
scenes also paints the scene of Yaakov blessing his grandchildren. Ephraim and Menashe in the painting of Rembrandt are young kids. They're about seven and eight year old boys. So Rembrandt understood this unit the way we had suggested it today. Rembrandt had a very close friend, Menashe ben Israel, whom he consulted with when painting biblical scenes. And perhaps it was this uh, friend of his given him this interpretation of the story that the story is a flashback and the children should be painted as young children. However, there's one thing that Rembrandt got wrong in that picture. If, Rem, if the Menashe and Ephraim are young, then it is not at the scene when Yaakov is in bed, and, but Yaakov in the painting of Rembrandt is in bed. Getting back to our question, which is why is the meeting between Yaakov and Ephraim and Menashe that took place 17 years ago inserted in the scene of this chapter of Yaakov on his deathbed? And I'd like to suggest two answers. Number one, perhaps the topic of this unit that we've read today in last class is about Yosef and his two sons being accepted by Yaakov, even though they've been raised in Egypt, even though their mother is an Egyptian. Yosef, Yaakov is not rejecting them. It has been demonstrated by the fact that Yaakov upgrades the status of Ephraim and Menashe. It is demonstrated by the fact that the mother of, ya of Yosef was buried in Eretz Israel, and now it is demonstrated. And then we bring another, and that is that Yaakov, that Ephraim and Menashe had both received blessings. That's one one explanation as to why this story is inserted here. The other reason the story is inserted here is because as soon as Yosef hears that his father is on his deathbed, he rushes over with Ephraim and Menashe, and the reader doesn't understand why is he rushing over with Ephraim and Menashe. How does he know that Ephraim and Menashe are going to receive a special upgrade? And that's why the reader is given this flashback. So 17 years ago, this, it was always it was already indicated 17 years ago that these two children are going to somehow receive some position within the family because they are included within the family and therefore when ya Yosef hears that Yaakov is dying he rushes over with Ephraim and Menashe so that their status can be established in a very clear way before Yaakov's death. Now we go back to the story that we are that we had started out with which is Yaakov on his deathbed Yosef comes to visit his sick father on his deathbed with Ephraim and Menashe, whom at this point are indeed grown men. And Yaakov, at this meeting, establishes Ephraim and Menashe as his sons who will receive each a portion in the land of Eretz Yisrael. And the ending psukim conclude that meeting. And that's verse 21. Yaakov tells Yosef, I am dying, and God is going to be with you, and he will return you to the land of your fathers, and I give you an extra portion above your brothers, which I have taken from the Amorites with my sword and my arrow. So this is very befitting for Yaakov to be talking of his death, I am not. I am dying. The scene had started out with Yaakov is nearing his death. And these two psukim conclude that. Yaakov tells Yosef, I am dying. God will be with you and he will return return you back. And then he and Yaakov ends his words by telling Yosef, I am giving you an extra portion. 
Shechem Echad Alachecha, that is an extra portion, which I have taken from the Emirates with my sword and arrow. What Yaakov is telling Yosef is that by him including Ephraim and Menashe and giving each of them a portion, that means Yosef really has a double portion. In what way is that double portion expressed? The double portion of Yosef is expressed by two of Yosef's sons receiving a portion. Yosef himself is not going to be receiving a nachala, but his two sons are going to be, each of them are going to be receiving their own separate nachala. In essence, Yaakov is making Yosef here into the Bechor by giving him the double lot, the extra portion, Shechem Echad Alachera. There are some commentators who say that the Shechem Echad Alachera is specifically the city of Shechem, and we know that Yosef is buried in Shechem, which we will discuss in our last class. One last point that Yaakov ends with, I am giving you an extra lot, which I had taken from the Amorites with my sword and arrow. Yaakov did not conquer the land. Yaakov had purchased the city, but he did not conquer the land. Most of the Pashtanim here explain that even though it's in the past, Lakakti I had taken, he is referring to the future, which will be taken, which will be conquered. That's how Rashbami, Ben Ezra, Radak all explain this Pasuk. Radak writes, Min Hagalashon Lomar Avar Bimkom Atid Bimkomot Rabim that the text many times uses past instead of future, specific especially in Nevuot, which are so definite as though they had occurred. They are so definite that they will happen that one can use the language of past when you're really referring to the future. So he, in this story, not only is Ephraim becoming the Bechor, the main part perhaps of the story is that Yosef is in this story is becoming the Bechor, is receiving the Bechorah, which I guess is going to be extremely important when we reach the next unit, when Yaakov is about to give his own son's Brachot, and there Reuven, whom we expect to be the Bechor, is no longer going to be the Bechor. It is Yosef who receives the Bechorah, and we will continue the Brachot of Yaakov. Please God, next class. Shalom.